Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of SAP and Chats. Guys, we missed you yesterday due to some technical issues on our part, but we are here Wednesday, Backlash Review, Monday Night Review. And you know what? I don't think I'd want to do this with anyone else but my man with the master plan staring right back at me, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how you doing, buddy? I'm feeling good. I'm loving the sunshine. How about yourself? I can't complain, my friend. Everything is everything. Here we are. It is midweek. Uh, I know we always kind of talk about the weather, but and uh, this one's pretty cool. I was looking at it before we started, and it looks like we're going to hit the 30s this weekend. Yeah, 33, 34. It's crazy. It's going to be sick. Hot. It's going to be sick. Let's get into it. All right, yeah. brother Matt. Listen, we're, we're a day behind, so let's not waste any time. Yeah. Backlash. The first pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever you want to call it, of the year after WrestleMania, it's usually a dud. Um, your thoughts on the show overall? A little bit, a little bit above a dud. I give it a, I give it a C, C minus. I wasn't that impressed. There's a couple good matches, a couple good spots. The crowd was hot. That's the, the crowd was just so happy to have wrestling and obviously Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny should have been the main event just because he's so popular there, right? They made a mistake with that, but um, I thought it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. What's your take on it? Yeah, I, I, it was the middle of the road. The more time I've had to think about it now, and you know, I've, I might have said something a little different yesterday, but you know, just having more time to kind of think about it, kind of look at it, kind of look at my notes and whatnot. Uh, this show, the crowd made it amazing. I think you know, yeah. I think that's what set it apart. I think that's what kind of blew it up. Um, I think this show provided good matches overall, generally That's speaking. Some good ones, yeah. Um, you know, if for if for did storylines, you know, uh, if you didn't realize it or not, it did in some of the outcomes mm -hmm. of these matches. Um, overall, though, I I would say you know again C plus C plus is probably where I would rank the show, and I think the crowd yep. made it a C plus. It's the crowd that did it. Um, and you know, Gosh. normally, well, I mean, let's, let's be honest, man. Like, you know, most backlashes or vengeances or anything that comes after WrestleMania, it's usually really hard to follow right after WrestleMania. So there's not, you know, if anything, this, this pay-per-view usually are WrestleMania rematches in a way yeah. for the most part, but this time I don't think there were any rematches. Everything was fresh. There wasn't one rematch. Right? So we got fresh matches. We got fresh storylines. Like, it's like, you know, these guys are trying really, really hard to keep the product and everything relevant. And this is that one pay-per-view. And I think they finally figured it out. I mean, if you have a casual fan watching WrestleMania, that casual fan, more likely than not, will come back to watch the next show just to see what it's all about. So yeah. from that perspective, having the hot crowd, having everything going, I think it was a success because they probably kept some of those fans from WrestleMania that wouldn't have probably come back till the next WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's the way I kind of gauge the show. But hey, look, why don't we just quickly go into it and, and kind of take a peek at, at what we had here. So the show opened up with uh, Bianca Belair against EO Sky. Um, I First off, you know what, Chance? I was really excited for this match, um, only for the fact that if you think about Bianca's run of the last year, who she fought predominantly? Either Becky Lynch, Carmella, you know, and, and yep. Becky Lynch or Carmella. I mean, that was her whole summer last year, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you finally got into the little bit of, um, oh, what's your name? Alexa Bliss. And then you got Asuka at the end there. Um, yep. Neither one has been seen from again since she's beaten them. Interesting fact. That's interesting a good point. point. I never right? thought of that, but you're right. right. 
I mean, we have not seen Alexa since uh, the Royal Rumble, and we have not seen Asuka since Mania. That's true. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe taking some time off. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though, because both took time off before their title runs here. Or, Gunther or, White wasn't at um, Backlash. He's on a honeymoon right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he got married uh, to Ginny, former UK NXT star, uh, South oh. Asian. So a little bit of Indian. Uh, it's kind of cool to see uh, Gunther doing the Bhangra dance, man. It was kind yeah. of fun. Was he doing it? Yeah, I saw a couple of the videos and stuff. You know, like, he's better than me. I, I wouldn't even do it. So um, good for him. Good for them. Well, that's I'm cool. Really I didn't see that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, Gunther looked like he was having a good time. I mean, very different from what you would expect from the ring general. Uh, but outside of the ring, in real life, the guy looks like, you know, someone I'd like to hang out with. He looks really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. uh, like I said, I was looking forward to this match. Um, you know, to be fair, this match was kind of slow to start. I think they were just kind of getting a feel for each other. Uh, you know, I, I had high expectations of high-flying moves right off the bat, but it was a lot of mat work to start. But was, yeah. once once they kind of picked up their, you know, uh, momentum and once they kind of found their chemistry, you know, these two really started to put on a really good show. And I thought, you know, they did as a curtain jerker. The crowd was hot for it. Uh, Bianca, again, just displaying that strength, man, that next level strength. Like, I get it. Your opponent's helping you to, to achieve that, to make it look like that. But something has to be said. You have to have a level of power. To do a one m one armed military. Oh, Bianca, I still say I've said it many times. She's the strongest woman woman in WWE. She's her freaky strength. She's super strong. I'll, I'll say this right now. Currently, she is probably the most complete female on the roster. Like absolutely, complete, right? I mean, she's I the best. Her, That's why she's a champ. Yeah, right now she is right, and you know I think as as we look at what we have coming down the pipelines here, Raquel Raquel Rodriguez. I think you know in, in about a year's time she will be there as well. Rhea Ripley. You look at these three girls right now. I mean, Rhea's finally coming into her own. Bianca's finally coming into their own. And we have Raquel coming up. You got three real, real strong, powerful women. And I'll be honest here. I think Raquel is probably stronger than Bianca. Possibly, but Rhea's not, though. Rhea's not. Dewdrop might have something to say about that. Well, Dewdrop, <laughs> yeah. But no, but I'm just talking about, like, presentation, complete presentation. Bianca's like John Cena for the females with the strength and that look and the power, you know? Like he draws you that freaky strength too. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. So that one now military press, uh, you know, these, these guys just went back and forth, and finally EO started to fly. Um, you know, the 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 focus of the story was Bianca's arm not being able to use it. That's where the one arm military press comes into play. Uh, EO, I I I think this is just the beginning of some really cool stuff here between the two of them. Yeah. Oh. Great match until damage control came out, right? But I get it. And, you know, like I said to you, they start, you know, some of these matches forwarded storylines. And mm -hmm. this was one of those storylines that's being forwarded. So you basically get damage control out there. They try to run the interference. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Bailey causes EO the match with her interference. So, yeah. you know, the right person won. I don't think EO should have gotten it right now. But I do no, no. look forward to... Well, here's the thing. I think, honestly, last, well, Saturday night, we finally saw the EO sky that I knew, you know, existed, that I've seen in Japan, that I've seen in NXT. You know, it's almost like she's been kind of sheltered and, and they, they finally took the tarp off of her, man. And she looked great. I, I really like her. I, I, she I, did. She did a good job. I can't wait to see what she's I'm glad Bianca kept the belt, though, because EO's not ready to be champ yet. 
No, no, she's not ready to be champ yet, but I, I, I feel that she will be ready soon enough. And you know, if if this is the EO that we're getting, I think basically you're going to see a breakup of damage control. I almost see Dakota and Bailey turning on EO. That's my prediction for this breakup because I, I just think Dakota is just a better heel. She, she, she's yeah. not. She's no face. EO on the other hand, she's a great face. She can pull it off awesomely. So yeah. that's potentially that way. The other way I can see this feud breaking up is uh, EO and uh, Dakota turning on Bailey. That's possible. Yeah, I can see that happening. And, and Bailey's hair is getting longer, so maybe we'll get the hug me Bailey again. <laughs> maybe. You never know. She's got to do something. There you go. All right. So here we are. We are backstage segment. Bad Bunny uh, getting ready for his match. Savio Vega enters the ring, gives him a kendo stick with the colors of Puerto Rico on it. Um, you know, Ray comes out. So kind of like a nostalgic moment backstage. Everyone's you know, yeah. getting ready. Here we are. Match two, Seth versus Omos. Now, before we break this down, interestingly enough, the two guys on Raw, Cody and Seth, both fought the biggest monsters and the biggest attractions on their True. roster. Ironic, right? Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's it. So the match, they're showing the previews. They're showing the, uh, you know, the, 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 the video package for this, for this match. And while it's happening, I'm thinking to myself, why, why are they doing this? This just makes no sense at all. Well, I, I'll tell you why. What I think is because Omos is the biggest man in wrestling. They got to showcase them. They want him in Puerto Rico, showcase the Puerto Rican fans. This big giant, the biggest man in wrestling is not an AEW. He's with WWE. Here he is. Here's the big freak. The big monster and stick thinks Seth can get a still get on the pay-per-view and get a good match out of him. And Omos is underrated. He's a very good worker for how big he is and how he's pretty mobile. He's so. very big, he's very agile, he moves really fast, he looks mm -hmm. good, right? Um, but here's my only problem with this match. I get that you need to keep Seth hot, but outside of the inverted stomp and the stomp off the top row, which which off the top rope, which we, which we saw. Uh, on the show, that's three in a row now that almost has lost. So if you want to project yeah. this guy as a big man and as someone you know very strong and whatnot, you got to give him a victory over somebody, man. I mean, to be fair, they dropped I, the ball at WrestleMania. He should have beat Brock. He should have been should have been the start of his run. I don't know why they let Brock win that. Well, it's Brock, right? Brock I mean, didn't need it. No, he didn't need it, and I I think Seth could have won this match another way. To be honest, I mean, if you need it, because, I mean, as we go into Raw, yeah, Seth is going to be the representative of Raw for, for the World Heavyweight title. That's going to, you know, he's going to be fighting in Saudi for that after Raw on Monday night, right? So yeah. I get it. They had to give him the victory, but give him the victory another way. Three clean losses now. That's three clean losses to Strowman, then to Brock, and now to Seth. So, I mean, I just look at it from that perspective, like, okay, you're trying to build this monster of a guy. But you're not doing him any favors by giving him losses like that to top tier names. Now yeah. he's going to come on Raw and he's going to look menacing. He's going to beat up a couple of local independent talents. That's not. I don't want to see that anymore. No, I know he's got to start beating up Sheamus and Drew and some of those kind of guys. Start beating right? them around. Awesome. Like, build like, them up. like it, it's it's hard. Like who do you put him there with, right? Like who who can afford a loss that won't hurt them? Sort of a deal. I think a Drew McIntyre. Like that'd be an interesting feud. He's not involved in the heavyweight title at all in any way. Yeah. So Drew would be good. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe he can go against Bronson Reed. I don't know. He's got to beat somebody with a little bit of a name. 
Yeah, but see, you can't go against Bronson because you're trying to build Bronson as well, right? Somebody's going to have to take a loss. You can't have everybody winning, right? Well, that's the thing, and that's what I'm saying. The thing is, the like, problem. they got something special with Omos because you're not you're not going to find a guy that big and that athletic again at that size. So they got to do something special with him because he's a special attraction. You're like, I've seen him live in person. The guy is absolutely a monster. Yeah, I know. I'm not uh, no disagreement here at all, Machance. I like I'm saying, I'm just just kind of curious to how. Yeah, I don't know who they're gonna, what they're going to do with him. They better do something. Whatever they've been doing with him isn't working. They got to do something better. Whatever well, they have is. to, right? Like, okay, yeah, you're, it's a free agent. He can go to any show he wants, and that's great and dandy. But anytime he comes up against any real competition, he loses. He loses. I know. Right? So what? what is that? I'm not scared of you. If if you can't beat this guy, like, you can beat five guys at once. So what does that say? Those five guys, you know, like, are that bad? Like, you know, one guy can beat you? Well, he's just beating up local guys off the indie scene. That's right. That's the thing. No, he needs to beat some federal it. guys. But Seth is no bigger than any of those indie guys, and he beat them. I know. Right? Seth should have had a beating with a chair or a low blow or something like that, I think. Something. It had to. No, you know what? You could even done it in such a way where Omos gets him into the corner and, and he rushes him to give him like the shoulder, the shoulder tackle into the turnbuckle sort of a deal. Seth moves. The guy gets, you know, hits his shoulder really hard. He can make that sound. You know who would be a good, good you know, who should go against him should be, would be Baron Corbin. He's a big guy too. They could get Baron Corbin's name up a little bit, let Omos beat him, but they could have a good feud, I think. I think they could too, like right? right? Like, I mean, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Corbin as well. But anyways, let's move on. Yep. Uh, match number three, Theory, Austin Theory, Bronson Reed, and Bobby Lashley. U.S. title is on the line. This will probably go ahead and become the main title on SmackDown as Roman is champion there. So the roles are reversed. Raw is going to get a champion again, and the U.S. title will be the main title on Raw or on SmackDown. Um, Chance, I'll tell you what, man, I was really looking forward to this match just because of the things that I saw earlier, like the build up to it, some of the spots that these guys can do, watching Bronson Reed in NXT, watching him, him since he's come back, knowing what Bobby Lashley can do, knowing how strong Austin Theory is. This match didn't deliver. I mean, every, all the spots got filled, everything you needed to see was seen, but nothing stood out for me yourself. Sometimes when you throw three super talents like that together, you're throwing something at the wall to hope it sticks. This is like putting Mick Jagger with Eddie Van Halen. It doesn't mean they're going to make a hit. There was, like, there's no there was no chemistry here is what I'm basically getting at. They did their spots, but they didn't flow right. It didn't, I don't know. There's something was missing. It didn't feel special. I was, this is probably the most match I was excited for, that and the Cody match. But I don't know what it was is how they booked the match. Or they just, it wasn't a good flow. Like I don't know. It was a bit of a letdown. I'm glad Theory kept the bell. I said our last year he'd retain, but I wasn't too impressed with, with my what my expectations were. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some cool moves and things that oh, yeah. we've, we've seen it before. We've seen what they're capable of. I just was waiting for something a bit more exciting. Now, one possible factor is it's like, you know, you got three guys of three different statures and sizes. You know, that, I don't know that if that too. played, I don't know if that played a role in anything, but I don't think it should have because each guy should have complemented each other. Now, I think that Bobby Lashley and, and Austin Theory have a lot of chemistry. I'm not putting this on Bronson Reed in any way. Yeah. But maybe the fact that Bronson was evolved, you know, just kind of changes the dynamic because Austin hasn't yeah, really worked be. with him, where, you know, Bobby's had the luxury of working with both of them. You know, Is it me or does Austin Theory have the best dropkick in wrestling? Command, can that guy jump high straight off the mat? Him and Montez Ford, they can just get up like nobody. 
Yeah, the shining I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's but, so no, beautiful how theory does that. Yeah, no, it's just it's a lot of leg strength, man. I guess you would know this. Um, yeah, what an athlete he is! Or he just like gets up so high. Him and Montez are such special athletes. Great core strength, man. Great, yeah. great core strength. All right, uh, should we get into number four? Do it. Number four, SmackDown Women's Title. Now, keep in mind the crowd has been hot all night. I didn't think they could get oh, yeah. any louder till this match. And here we go. Rhea Ripley versus Selena Vega. Selena Vega, a uh, resident of the Bronx, New York, I believe, or Queens. That's where she's from. Yeah. But her family's from Puerto Rico. So they really, you know, laid it out, you know, spread it out really thick here for her. She came out, you know, like Lady, Lady Liberty, expanding, expanding her arms. And there was the Puerto Rican flag. She was so emotional. The match was a squash. And that's all I got to say about it. The takeaway from this, wasn't Rhea winning. It was just the reaction that she got, Selena Vega, and, you know, kind of placating the Puerto Rican fans. And, you know, it's like, it was That's a good... exactly what it was. Placating the fans, giving them one of their own to cheer and get hot about. So it's yeah, yeah. good to get know, out there. And, you know, what? good good for, good for you know, Vega. She This was uh, something that they had planned for her to do before at one time, but it got canceled due to pandemic or whatever reason yeah. they had at the time. Um. Just incidentally, I mean, they mentioned it on the show. I, I mentioned this to you as well. Her father, who is from Puerto Rico, um, was one of the unfortunate victims from 9-11. Uh, he was stuck in one of the towers, right? So, um, you know, I, I can understand the emotion. I can understand all of that. And, you know, I feel good story to, to say. The it, least. There, it is. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. for that. She got to get out there in front of her hometown. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, she didn't walk away with any gold, but I don't think anyone expected her to. No, not she even, was happy to be out there. That's yeah, good enough. No, for her, right? Not even, not even the hometown was, you know, expecting her to win. If they were, then no. you know, they were delusional. Now, here's something really, really funny. Did you remember on SmackDown, uh, the show opened up with Ray and all of them because they were in Puerto Rico for that SmackDown show, and they they were cutting all the promos in Spanish, right? Yeah, I remember that. Now. They cut, they give the mic to Selena as she's about to speak. The music hits and she never cuts a promo. Did you ever wonder why? No, why? She can't speak Spanish. Her Spanish isn't great. Like she can speak Spanish, but she's not that. Well, like, she grew up in New York. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like she can understand it. She's probably, she's like me. I can understand Hindi and Punjabi, but my speaking is probably C, plus, maybe low B, where yeah. she's at, right? And I guess you don't want to have that level of communication when you're in that particular not, not, not on a big stage like that. Yeah, no. yeah. So that it's kind of funny how they cut the mic that way, right? It just, That's stuff to do in an independent promotion. You get away with that, but not on a big stage. No, no, no. But it was funny, right? Like, if you yeah. didn't know, that's why that happened. I didn't know, but that makes sense. There you go. All right. So I thought the crowd could get no louder than they did for Selena Vega. But then I forgot the son of Puerto Rico, the two sons of Puerto Rico, both guys growing up in the actual same town. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Bad Bunny against Damian Priest, Puerto Rican street fight. Um, I'll, I'll say it this way straight up. I mean, it, it was a plunder match. There was a lot of high spots. Um, Logan Paul is a different, complete athlete. He, I, there's no comparison. You yeah, can't we can't compare, compare them. This is you separate, can't compare yeah. this. This guy, but Bunny in his own right, mad respect for what he pulled yeah. off. There was a lot of, you know, People forget how small he is. What is he weigh? 130 pounds? Like 140 ups? Yeah. So like for him to fly around and take those hits, that's a lot of impact on that little frame. 
Oh, and he had some good high. He's a good high flyer when he jumped off the top rope with the canvas. So that when he got slammed there on the on the to the table there on the up in the crowd. Yeah, well, actually, and, and, my takeaway from this match is Damian Priest. I didn't think looked very good at all. I don't think he. he I think I don't know. I don't think he's quite as good as we perceive him. Is because he's in the Judgment Day. When every time he, he wrestles, I don't. It seemed lackluster. Bad Bunny, I thought was outperformed him. Well, here's what I'll say about Damian Priest. I mean, he's surrounded by Finn Balor, who's one of the best. You know, you know, in-ring technicians today. One up, not saying mm-hmm. B, but yeah, he's, he's up there. Know. Uh Rhea Ripley, she can go, right? Uh, you know, and, and then you throw in Damian Priest and Dominic in there, and then when you're kind of in the mix, you you know, you're you're protected, right? You're taken care of. Not not taking care of or protected. Yeah, he's being but, shielded I mean, by that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he you know, indirectly, directly, I don't know if it's something they realize in the back or whatnot, right? But we oh, they must. But, dude, we haven't really seen Damien fight one-on-one since joining Judgment Day. This might be the reason why. <laughs> right? If he so, wasn't from Puerto Rico, he wouldn't have that match, right? And uh, he didn't do very good. Bad well, Bunny was amazing. His entrance was amazing. Like Bad Bunny rocked it. Yeah, I, was, well, I was let down by Damien. I thought he could do better. Well, initially, I think what we wanted to see was, you know, Dominic and uh, Damien go against Ray. And so I don't know how that changed, how it became a street fight, because the initial plan was to have it as a tag team. So, you know, um, Priest did the best he could, I guess, ultimately. I mean, he did a great job of selling. I'm, I'm trying to find something positive here, right? Yeah, I know. I just, don't, um, I just think he's overrated. I just don't think he's I – mean, he's not much better than NXT talent, I don't think. I mean, he's stuck in the judgment day, but his mic work isn't great. His in-ring work isn't great. It looks good, but other than that, he doesn't have a lot going for him. At least, yeah, that can still improve, but I just think well, he got exposed here, I think. Well, you know, and I don't think you're wrong. I think he got somewhat exposed. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the type of match it was and what it was and, you know, everything that kind of played out in it, sort of a deal. I can understand yeah. where you're coming from. I get it. Yeah. But it's not your straightforward match either, though, right? No, it's difficult so, when you're working with a little guy like that who doesn't really have a lot of wrestling experience. I get that. But I just, I don't yeah. know. Something wasn't clicking there. Well, I mean, the crowd loved it though. And this should have well, been but, but, And again, this is the thing, right? The crowd loved it. So, I mean, yeah. With, without clinical eyes watching the program, you know, and, and this is where being as attuned with boxing and wrestling as we are, per se, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes blemishes stand out that most people won't see. Yeah, exactly. And the main thing is the crowd loves it. They showed up and cheered. That's the main thing at the end of the day, really. That Well, that's ultimately what you want, right? Right. right? Like you and I, will, will we can nitpick forever. Yeah, about this and that because we see things differently. You know, we like yeah. why? Why yeah. was everyone in the Judgment Day in white? Right, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who, who picks up on that? Right, like on on Raw uh, a couple That's of nights ago. Who picks up on the fact that on on the, the two triple threat matches that we had on Raw to determine the number one guy? Long, yeah, you know, you're saying that. One one triple threat match was all short hairs, and the other triple threat was all the long hairs. Now, I don't yeah, think there was any coincidence or anything, but I mean, just that's just how your mind starts to work when you get past a certain level of fandom. You start to yeah, look like, a, to break it down. right? Yeah. Like, like for me, I look at a guy like Jordy Taylor, for example, the moment maker, moment taker, you know, and, and he's right on the money, man. It's not about high spots. It's about the quality and the engagement of the crowd and the character yeah. development, right? So, you know, it's just kind of like, these are the things that we watch and it's just, you know, so I don't want anyone to think that we're hating on something. Speaking because... of speaking of crowd, I got to bring this up. Did you hear what Chris Jericho said? 
uh, about getting beaten up or getting assaulted at the Mandalay Bay or that Hulk Hogan's a better worker than Ric Flair? Hogan's a better worker than Ric Flair. I actually agree with what he's saying. Okay, I didn't read the article. I just read the headline. He just basically said that he's be- he had better match with Hogan than Flair. Hogan knows what he's doing. He knows the crowd. He knows how to move. He, know- he knows everything. Hogan's a master. That's why he's the most famous wrestler ever, right? I mean, sure, Ric Flair could do a better uh, arm drag and some headlocks, but Hogan, Flair can't get the crowd going like Hulk can. Nobody could. Right? Who was a better storyteller, Hogan or Ric Flair, though? Probably, I don't know, man. Maybe, I think NWO Hogan, man. See, because I look at Hogan, and he reminds me a lot of our local guy here, Mr. Jalinder, the Thunder from Jalinder. Yeah. He's very similar in the way of how he presents himself. The guy's got five moves, mm-hmm. but he has the crowd eating out of the palm of his so, hand. That's the main thing about it. It's a, it's a show for the fans, right? It's the facial expressions. It's that energy. It's the way he comes out to the ring. It's the way he's he a big guy, around. too, like Hogan. He's a big guy too. Don't get me wrong, you know. But it's just like that, like the storytelling though. Like who was the better storyteller? Yeah, I think, I think Hogan. We, I think we should do a show just on storytellers. Who were the best storytellers in wrestling? People forget, and this is yeah, that would be a good show. People forget. There's one thing John Cena never did really. Like I mean, you know, he started out heel, but then he was face for the rest of it. Hogan was one of the, the best face and the best heel in two different decades. Pretty no, I, 100%. You know, I, Cena wanted to go heel. Yeah, Vinny wouldn't let him, but... Vinny wouldn't I get let why, him, right? Get, it was all marketing. It was all the merch, right? Yeah. I mean, and then again, you... We, we make reference to this, but every time John Cena shows up, that stadium has sold more merch oh, with dude. his name than anything. And the funny part is, he's not even on the show for a year, and his merch is still outselling everybody else's merch. Crazy. That's super popular. One of the right? most popular wrestlers ever. He's up there with Hogan, Austin, and Rock, guys. He's that popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love to break it down. We got to break this thing down into tears. Like, we will, we'll do a levels, show and all that. Right? Well, like levels, right? I, I mean, I almost don't feel that, guys. Like, we talk about Hogan, Flair, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's a level higher than that that only a couple of them transcend. And, I, you know, I put Hogan and Cena on a level higher than everyone else. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. And they're higher than Austin and Rock for wrestling. I well, think. that's what I'm saying. Just only for their long... Well, I mean, Hogan... Well, Austin only had three, four years at the top. That's a short run in the grand scheme of things. John Cena and Hogan's run was huge. Well, I mean, Hogan's run was only four or five years, right? Let's think of the 85 to... Yeah, but then you got WCW, Monday Wars. No, 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 no I got that. Yeah, so he did it from that side, right? But in terms of, like, longevity in the WWE as number one top guy, Cena did it for almost 15 years. Yeah, you'd have to combine Hogan's WCW and WWE both the same. Right. And, and you know, again, keeping the show alive. If it wasn't for Cena and if it wasn't for Hogan, I don't know if we'd have a podcast. I don't know what wrestling would look like today. I don't it think it'd be, go it away. Worldwide I don't think it'd go away, but I don't know if we'd be digesting it and consuming it the way we do. No, I, I agree with you on that. All right. So let's get to the last match here, my friend. Uh, we are looking at Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know, man. I thought I, I thought. Bit of a letdown in this match. It's the match I was looking forward to the most. It was good. But it wasn't great. I did like the booking of the match. How Cody's not going to beat Brock straight up, so he got the turnbuckle off, threw Brock in the turnbuckle. Brock bled. I don't think he bladed. I think he fell on a cut. He's coming out like a water fountain, and he got the quick pin. So I like that because he could say, "You only won because the turnbuckle off. I cut myself." Basically, he didn't beat him clean, really. 
so I got an injury, but it wasn't as, I don't know, they didn't have great chemistry. I don't know. What do you think of it? Okay, well, first off, I mean, you know, the internet wrestling community, I don't understand these fuckers. I just don't no, get them. First. Um, first thing they want to pick on is the fact that Brock bladed, Brock bladed. No, he Brock didn't, didn't blade, man. As soon as his head hit the turnbuckle and he came up, it started bleeding. Now, yeah. either this guy's hands are so fast that we didn't even see it. You know, there's no way he could have bladed. Most no. blade jobs take place once the guys, let, you know, they take the camera off of him. And he's laying on the canvas face down. That's when the blade job happens. Right? And his blade and his cut was right about here between his it eyes. It was right too. there. No, it was right. It was yeah. a perfect cut, right? Now, I, I, I'll i say this about the match. It was typically what I thought it was going to be. Like, yeah. how do you beat Brock Lesnar without giving him a nut job or something, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't even think a chair would hurt him. I think you basically have to punch him in the nuts. And he didn't turn back the turnbuckle or yeah but the way he beat him though as well it's not like he beat him you know because of the turnbuckle hit because he ended up in a kimura and he adjusted his body when he picked him over a quick pin right but i think they'll say like oh I, he had blood in his eyes he couldn't see he was kind of that kind of wobbled him and, and uh took a lot out of him by cutting him and hitting him hitting that steel that's yeah. kind of all tied into it right but they never made a mention of it on Raw. And, you know, I, I, I saw the match as well, the way you saw it. Like, it was a little lackluster, but it was a typical Brock match. Um, but what they did on Monday night was really cool. I thought, okay. That was good. I, I'm okay for another round of this. Let's see what they do. Yeah. On Monday, we saw a really, really dark side of Brock. Like, yeah, not, like not heel Brock, not cowboy Brock. We the saw fucking... Yeah. Dark, dark Brock. Not even during his main, like in his prime when he was, you know, up and coming and everything. This yeah. was different. This was like, look at my face. Look at my face. He's like, how dare this little man beat me? I want to smash you pretty much. You know, and, and the stitches and everything. I just kind of like, I'm looking forward to this, right? Um, That being said, very quickly, so we know that Seth Rollins won on Raw. He's going to go on to be the Raw half of the title match at Night of Champions. We also have Brock and Cody on that card as well. We also have Becky versus uh, Trish on that card. So, Night of Champions, not every match is going to be championship matches. And uh, I have a feeling we're not going to see the tag team titles def uh, defended there, nor are we going to see the um, KO and, and Sammy get you know beaten anytime soon. No, I agree with you on that. Should be a good pay-per-view. Should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. We still don't know who... Roman's going to face it. He's got to fight there. I mean, it's Saudi Arabia. He has to be on that card. I don't know. I think maybe AJ might be the guy that they could so. throw at him. Uh, on the SmackDown side, we have Edge, Sheamus. Um, who else is in this? Uh, Edge, Sheamus. Is it Ray? Uh, Bobby Lashley, um, Ray, and uh, Austin Theory. Edge will kind of, Edge is going to come out of this bracket. I think Edge is going to face Seth at uh, United Champions. What I think. You think so? I think so. Edge is getting a little bit older. Only got a few big matches left. Give him a big match at a big pay per view. Seth versus Edge is going to have a good match. That's what I think. Who do you think it's going to be? I think SmackDown Edge and then Raw side is Seth. Well, I think I have a feeling it might be Bobby Lashley. I hope not. He'll he lose. He'll yeah. lose. For the SmackDown side, he'll lose, but I think Could they be. owe him. They owe him something because of the whole WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt stuff? What yeah, is Bray right? Wyatt? What's he doing? He's been sick, and he's looking to come back. He's feeling better now, and uh, whatever. They didn't like really physically sick or like mental? Like physically, like physically sick. 
So you, you caught you had something. I don't know what it is. I I I am not sure. But... I I think when they cut him, I should have just left him be. Personally, I wouldn't have brought him back. It's not worth it. I, I'm sad that, he, that he's feeling sick and stuff, but I don't think he's worth worth the hassle. Well, I mean, maybe again, let's see what they do, right? I I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, because a part of me agrees with you, but a part of me also likes that whole visual. Yeah, he's got a good right? character, but I just think it, it's he never has really great matches. It's too much. One minute he's dark and he's silly. Like he doesn't know he's all over the place. It's like somebody needs to tell him, no, pick this character and you're staying with it. Or if not, you're out. And, and they know that. Ridiculous. Dude, and they know that exactly what you said right now is what you're oh, said, right? You know, that's why like, Brock didn't want to work with them because it's like, what do you do with this guy? Well, no, I think Brock learned a lot from working with Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, right? I mean, the same kind of scenario. You got this kind of really weird. You know, Vincent type of character, yeah. kind of like so artsy and just so out there. That was like a horror character almost, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, um, you know, what do you what do you make of the Blackpool Combat Club? Have you watched them recently on AEW? Yeah, I've seen that. What do you think of them? They're all right. I'll be honest, man. I just think that gruesome brutality is just too much, even for me. To be fair, man, like what these guys are doing, like the just. I get it, and and if they, if this is the characters that they're portraying, fuck! I tell you what, man, uh, Cesaro, Moxley, Daniel Bryan—they're doing a killer job. Uh, but it's hard to watch when they start going to town on people with that screwdriver. I just don't. Yeah, the forks to the head. So that's that's not. Uh, wrestling, that's dude. what I'm that talking looks, about, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's barbaric. That's not wrestling, dude. Well, I mean, there's a market for it. It's called the Japanese yeah, death match, yep. right? I mean, barbed wire match, yeah. Terry Funk and. Mick Foley made all that shit famous back in the day, right? Um, but I, I don't I want just, to sound like Bret Hart, but he's right to a point where like the fork to the forehead and digging in and stuff. Come on. No, that's very 1970s, early 80s wrestling, man. That that yeah. belonged to Abdullah the Butcher and, and those yeah. guys, right? And that was a different time. We didn't have AIDS or anything. You know, yeah. <laughs> like now yeah. it's like you can't you gotta be careful with everything, right? So, you know, from that perspective, I don't know. And I'm not a big fan of it, but I mean I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I like the you know, Cesaro, O'Brien, and uh, Moxie, they're good, but I get putting them together, but some of the stuff, nah. No, like, it's kind of nah. cool. Kind of crappy, man. Hey, yeah. um, what are your thoughts on uh, da, 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 where was it? What was I going to ask you here? Do you have a question to ask me while I look for my question, man? Yeah, are you ready for your top five or what? Yeah, why don't you give me the top five while I bring up my notes here? Go ahead. I want to hear your top five uh, Hulk Hogan matches of all time. Top five Hulk Hogan matches of all time. Okay, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun because there's so That's many. That's so many good ones, so it's hard to pick. I tell you what, um, I, I was a big fan... Fuck, dude, you put me on the spot here. I don't know where to start with. You know what? I mean, all these matches were pretty much the same formula, right? In essence. So, I mean, you could pick any match and say they were all great. But I'll say this. I'll, I'll probably start with Andre Hogan, obviously, just because of the sheer magnitude of it. Yeah. And because at that time, I was legitimately 10 years old. So, I was a kid who got to enjoy it, so to speak, yeah. right? Um, so that, that match was always stand out as like, wow. And I saw it at the Pacific Coliseum with my dad. He took me there. And when we watched on it on the, closed uh, circuit closed TV, circuit. yeah, yeah. Closed circuit TV. Um, Hulk yeah. Hogan. I've seen closed circuit like 80. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Hogan, Hogan Yokozuna was fun. Um, I just like that one because it just kind of like you know at that point I think I was done with Hogan and you know him moving over to WCW. You know, I think Hogan did the right thing by by losing that match, so I was really happy about that. So I like that one. Um, I've always was a fan of Hogan Goldberg at the um, uh, where where the Atlanta Hawks play, I guess, at that time where they had that giant Georgia show. Dome. The Georgia Dome, yeah, that yeah. was good just for the atmosphere of it. Hogan Macho, any Hogan Macho match, Mega Powers explode, yeah, yeah, Mega Powers. And honestly, I think this one for me personally, Hogan versus McMahon. I was at that. You were at that one too. Yeah, yeah we were both there. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one because that was kind of like a story that was never told but had an ending. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was a good match too, man. McMahon went right? all out. And they both went all out, right? I and mean, it was kind of cool to watch. I mean, you think cool. about it. Those guys had a lot of fun in that match. You could see they were legitimately having fun beating the oh, yeah. shit out of each other. Yeah, that was that was great. I loved it. We got to see that live. It's pretty special oh, for sure. Riddle dick pick thoughts. He does. What did he do? Did he put it on Instagram? I didn't even hear about it. He sent a dick pic to some person on Snapchat. The person screen saved it, and then posted it onto the internet when he was cutting his promo with Kathy Kelly. Was it so a tired girl? I don't know. I didn't go that deep into it, man. Does he know this person? Well, yeah, apparently he knew the person he sent it to. And basically what happened was he didn't have a match on Monday Night Raw, right? Yeah. And during the show, during the interview segment that he had with Kathy Kelly, he did a promo. That's when that person dropped it online. Oh, shit. Right? I didn't know I that. Everywhere. Dropped it on all platforms, everything, blah, blah, blah. And then Riddle had this interaction with a fan. Because the fan sent it to him, right, via social media, Twitter or whatever. It was and, like, DM, and he's like, where'd you get this? He goes, oh, it's all over the internet. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I thought this thing would have been deleted. Like, you, you figure when you send a snap, apparently it goes away after a few seconds or something. Yeah, if or... you look at the picture, but if you screenshot it, then you got it permanently. But it alerts you when you screenshot it. It'll say your yeah. snap has been screenshotted. So the dude probably sent it in, realized that, you know, the guy had screenshotted it or, or he or she had screenshotted it and... uh it pee pee all over the internet now. So now here's the dilemma I have with this scenario. R- uh, Riddle's pee pee all over the internet. Nothing happens to him. Gets to cut his promo. He lives to see another day in the WWE. Mandy Rose on the for other now, hand. Like, well, well yeah, for now. But uh, Mandy Rose on the other hand, completely kiboshed because she has an OnlyFans or something equivalent to it. I still think they're going to discipline Riddle. I think they're figuring out what to do with him. He just came back from rehab. Well, well, that's the thing, right? And, you know, just kind of like... I I don't think Riddle's worth the the headache that he brings. He does silly things. The guy's a great worker, man. The guy's a great worker. He is, but like all the off-screen stuff, like, they've got to suspend him for a little bit and kind of send a message. Take a couple months, take a month off. You know what he reminds me of a lot? A a young Randy Orton in in terms of like just his lack of discipline and lack of everything that he kind of possesses. He reminds yeah. me of a young Randy Orton who has all the potential in the world to be one of the biggest names in this industry, um, you know, but he just keeps fumbling the ball kind of like Randy did. But the only difference is Randy had backup to kind of support him. I don't know if Riddle has that same support. Yeah, yeah, Triple H and Flair and Batista and all those boys, right? Yeah. Riddle's all like an island on his own. Now, the only thing I can hope for Riddle is that Triple H sees it the way I've described it to you and, you know, he's able to kind of 
you know, guide him or mentor him because, like I said, the guy has potential, right? I mean, it also depends said, with how the old man sees it. I think the old man with what he got in trouble with might let real slight on this. I think, okay, you know what I mean? No more, but who knows if the old man can get grumpy? He might say, you do get out of here. You know, I don't think the old man cares, honestly, man. He's all about the dick pick if anyone else. He is, is but if it's bad for it, if it's going to piss people off, I don't know. I think he'll get away with this one, but he's on thin ice here. Well, let's see what they play it out as, man. I mean, it might be nothing. It might be something, right? Because, I mean... They're varying the story because I didn't even hear about it until you told me. So the story's not making a lot of rounds. They're, they're doing a good job of kind of sweeping it under the rug. Well, I mean, he... How Matt really... Yeah, it basically got leaked because a fan... um you know, through the Snapchat, right? And so this fan, like, I guess through his... Uh, yeah, he spread the word. He spread the word, hey, Riddle, what have you done now, right? And there's the picture of him with the weebie out. And Riddle goes, him, where did you get this? <laughs> and the dude goes, it's all over the internet. And a sex tape. And so he's like, fuck. Riddle needs to know better, man. He should be, he needs to be smarter than this. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, oh. he's giving us... Hopefully he gets it together. He's giving us long hair as a bad name, man. Very bad. And a guy doesn't wear shoes and with some shoes on that guy. So you do put some shoes on, clean up your act, dude. I don't know, man. I think you'll wear the boots at some point, but I've always had a, a I've always admired the barefoot wrestler. Yeah, I know it goes with this character. Right. I mean Something it's always different. good. All right, chats. I tell you what, man, we've talked a lot. We've covered a yep. lot. Uh we got boxing coming up in the next day. Hopefully we have something special for you guys. Uh if not, we will come back with a boxing episode. We probably won't break down a fight, but I think I will pose this question to you before we leave. Is Canelo still the best boxer? I leave it there. Just yep. think about it. I have my takes on it after what we saw this weekend against John Ryder. Um, you know, we, we got that coming up. We got Charlo calling him out. We got Benavides calling him out. I think everyone just sees Canelo right for the picking. And I don't think he helped his case at all with the performance that he put on. But we'll get into that tomorrow. Yeah. I wanted to just plant those seeds in your mind and kind of give you something to ponder while we yeah. enjoy this beautiful evening and afternoon. So nice, here. Dude. And uh, yeah, let's get out there, enjoy it, and be happy. My name is Bobby Sampson. He's Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you, and in the infamous words, in the infamous words of one Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, well, that's it for Snap and Chance. And guys, before we leave, everyone, thank you so much for checking out our last episode, the uh, Canelo yeah. Canelo Writer uh, preview, and our interview with Jared Yonko in there. Um, we're gonna get back with him. Uh, so again, thank you for all the support. Please keep listening. Please keep you know tuning in. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe, please. That's all we ask. We don't ask much. On that note, Bobby Sampson, Chance Michaels, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, if, we don't, if we don't talk to you guys, please be safe this weekend. It's going to be a scorcher, so go out yeah. there, drink, be merry. Just make sure you get home safe to your loved ones. Sampson, Chance out. Everyone, have a good night.